Hey, hey, Cubs fans, and welcome to this edition of Cubs on Tap. It is Tuesday, September 24th, as we are recording this, and I am joined, I am first off your co-host, Ron Luce, and I am joined tonight by Mr. Brian Mishler. Brian, how are we doing, sir? I mean, I'm doing well in all other facets of life besides the Chicago Cubs, but I'm pretty sure that's every Chicago Cubs fan at this juncture in the season. I don't know about yourself. Uh, I am in the exact same boat as you are. Uh, we were just discussing before we started recording how neither one of us wanted to watch the game, and we kind of just popped in and out uh, throughout the night because it was it was a tough one to watch. And uh, we're going to, believe it or not, we're going to talk about it, ladies and gentlemen. Um, just a quick rundown for those that did not watch the game of kind of a, what happened. Um, so Kyle Hendricks was dealing early. Um he looked really good. He looked like him, you know, kind of the authentic Kyle Hendricks that we're used to. Um, in the top of the fourth, the Cubs were able to take a one nothing lead as Nico Horner doubled. Believe it or not, that's his first double, um, despite three home runs and numerous RBIs since he was called up. Um, that scored Jason Hayward and gave the Cubs, as I said, the one nothing lead. Um, and then in the seventh inning, as Hendricks was wheeling and dealing, uh, the wheels fell off. Um, it all started with a, uh, with two men on, uh, Colin Moran just singled, nothing crazy, but, uh, Adam Frazier scored, which made it one, one Kevin Kramer then doubled that scored both Osuna and Moran, um, after Stallings had gotten on base and he advanced to third. And then we got an Eric Gonzalez reaches because of a fielding error, which was one of five, which you are going to hear us talk and probably, complain about here and very shortly Brian Reynolds and uh reached on a fielder's choice uh which scored Gonzalez and then Adam Frazier singled um to score Newman it just was ugly Horner what yet again in the top of the eighth uh provided some type of scoring um he was able to score Wilson Contreras on a single Hayward advanced the second but it was still seven to two Pirates and then don't worry, Eric Gonzalez in the bottom of the eighth hit a two-run home run to make it 9-2 Pirates. And that is where we get to our final score for the day as the Pirates take this game 9-2. The Cubs' magic number is officially one to be eliminated completely from playoff contention. Um, the Milwaukee Brewers Twitter account actually retweeted this box score and said our magic number is one because that's where we're getting, where we're just getting trolled by every other team in the NL Central right now. So, uh, Brian, I guess just quickly, you know, maybe initial thoughts on the game. I know, you know, you seemed very heated about the errors thing, so I'm going to let you uh, go ahead and rant if you want to. Yeah, I mean, it's been uh, basically what the Cubs are all year. If you stack up their individual talent-wise, you look at this roster, and they look very talented, namely on the defensive end, but for some reason – they just don't they just don't make the necessary plays. I mean, I think a little bit is due to the fact that Joe Madden plays his guys out of position a lot. However, I mean it's not all on Joe Madden. I, I've been harping on Joe Madden all year about them needing a change, but at some point, I mean everybody needs to shoulder some accountability. They just they've just flat out sucked. I mean, they haven't sucked all year. There's been good times. But, I mean, the last seven games, I believe they're on a seven-game losing streak. And it's just pretty sad to see this happen. And, I mean, let's be honest. They had like a two-and-a-half 
percent chance of making the postseason even before this game, so it was pretty much over. But I mean, like, this was literally a must win. So now this season actually is over. And for it to be a must win and for them to just kick it all over the diamond, it's just a testament to how the season's gone. Yep. Well said. Uh, confirmed it is seven game losing streak. Um, I believe that is worst in the majors currently. And yes, that is worst in the majors right now. The only other team anywhere close to that is the Philadelphia Phillies uh, that have a four game losing streak. Um, yeah, and it doesn't help when the Cardinals, Washington Nationals, and Milwaukee Brewers are all riding win streaks of three games or better. Um, Washington's at three straight wins. Milwaukee at five straight. The Cardinals are at six straight. So, uh, yep, I would say it's pretty much over. Um, tomorrow, if the Milwaukee Brewers win, uh, which I'm sure they will because they're playing Cincinnati, uh, it is officially over for the Chicago Cubs, and they will be missing the postseason for the first time um, since the 2014 season. Um, Five years ago. That is yeah. so depressing. It's wild. I, I think back to where I was in 2014. I was a sophomore in high school, or excuse me, sophomore in college um, in 2014, and now I've been in the working force for damn near three years. So um, <laughs> it makes me realize and just where time goes. And, you know, truly, I mean, not to discredit anything that they did between 15 and 18. I mean, it was an incredible run. Um, I would love to see them get back there next year. And I think with some proper retooling, they could certainly get back there. I mean, this team isn't, you know, it's not like this team is, is hitting that point where they're going to lose everybody and they're going to go into a total rebuild or something. They just need to figure their shit out, quite frankly. Um, yeah, I I want to I want to butt in there real quick. I completely agree. A lot of a lot of social media I've seen in the NL Central, namely Cubs Cubs fans or not Cubs fans, Cardinals fans, saying that like this signified the end of the Cubs' reign over the NL Central and them being the predominant favorite. I mean, they might not go into next year being the favorite to win the division. But to say that this is like an eviction notice, I saw that terminology of their status at the top of the NL Central is a complete joke. I mean, like you said, just some retooling. I think the Cubs still have the most talented. I mean, we still got to see what happens in the offseason, but they still got a lot of talent. Mm-hmm. It just all season long, I've wrote this in, I think, at least two articles so far. It's just the sum has been less than the parts all year long. And that I think that's a lot to do with managing, but I also think it has a lot to do with poor roster construction as well. The Cubs have the worst, yes, dead last contact rate in the MLB as of four days ago was 73.7%. So you wonder why this offense has been so inconsistent. Well, that's why. I mean, the balls are juiced, but that doesn't matter if you can't put the bat on the damn ball. So they need more contact. And it's not just a leadoff hitter. I see that terminology thrown around all the time. I mean, technically, the leadoff hitter, I understand he's above or hitting before your best hitters in the lineup. But technically, a leadoff hitter is only leading off one, one at bat a game. So I just think they need more contact throughout the lineup and less sluggers. They need... I mean, for lack of a better comparison, like more Tony Kemp's, like better versions of him throughout the lineup so they can just stop. They're just all sluggers. And if that's all you have, 
you're going to go games where they score 12 runs and then they'll score one run the next three games combined. That's just who they've been all season. And that's why they've quite frankly been a 500 team. Yeah. They need more Nico Horners in the lineup. I think Nico yeah, Horner is he's perfect for them. Yeah, he's that perfect, that perfect contact first type player where, you know, he can hit for power when he needs to, you know, but he's just, he's going to get on base. He's going to just, again, tonight he had a double and a single. That's exactly what this team needs. And yeah, I'm, I'm really intrigued. I mean, you know, we're going to have plenty of episodes between here on Cubs on Tap as well as uh, our sister show, which Brian, you and I are both co-hosts on with Northside 9. Uh, we'll get the other guys, you know, Patrick, Ethan, and Nick all involved at some point as well. And just, you know, really break down this roster and kind of what we need, would like to see what we think is going to happen, things like that in the offseason. You know, but I agree. You know, if they can... Whatever it is they need to do in order to bring in some more guys that hit for average, you know, I really, I would really like them to keep Nicholas Castellanos because I think he's a guy that does both really well. Um, you know, I think Anthony Rizzo most years can be a pretty okay contact hitter. He, he should have been, be. I, I just want to butt him, he should have been leading off all year. Yes. No, and I, I, le- I mean, and to your point, you know, you said this is a team built of sluggers. So why why is it a, a big deal that Rizzo leads off? Because exactly. he was your he's like the one yeah he's the one guy that's not really a slugger on the lineup. I, it just drove me insane. Yeah, Madden was too busy giving Albert Almora lead off. Like I I don't want to go into a rabbit hole, but like everybody knows where I'm at with Joe Madden. So I mean yeah. I don't want to be redundant. No, for sure. And I mean we'll we'll get plenty of time to talk about it too in the off season. But yeah, I I mean I agree. I think. You know, it's you certainly can't pin this season on one given person. It really is truly, you know, players not performing to you know their their caliber, poor management, and you know poor roster construction too. So I think it really does boil down on everybody. And yeah, they just need to retool. I think if they retool properly, you know, they address maybe one or two of their most glaring holes. And they just, you know, sure up a couple areas with some more depth. I think they'll be fine. I think they can be back in the postseason next year and making a run at it, especially. And you know what, honestly, and this is probably people are going to be like, well, baseball's playoffs are only a month, blah, blah, blah. You know, maybe just a shorter season is going to be good for some of these guys. You know, a longer offseason recover. I I totally understand where you're coming from, but... (laughs) I literally told myself exactly that last October when they played one playoff game and nothing Fair. happened. So that's the only thing that makes me push back on that because I said those exact damn words 365 days ago. Fair. No, and I, I think that's very fair. And I, I mean, I think in this year's case, I think that more just goes, you know, it, it would, it'll be nice hopefully having a rejuvenated, you know, rejuvenated, you know, Javier Baez, Obviously, Chris Bryant coming back from the ankle, you know Rizzo being fully healthy with his ankle going on, and and different things like that. Yeah, they need to just sit all those guys, just shut them down. Yeah, I mean at this point it doesn't matter. You might as well just call up AAA guys, see what you're going to get. Play guys like Nico Horner every day. Yeah. Um. I mean, I, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I really, I am hoping and praying, and we will get into this certainly more in depth in the offseason. I'm hoping and praying that they re-sign Nicholas Castellanos. I might shed tears if he is not a Cub next season. Um, it'll be brief, and I'll still root for him, but I, I, I will probably shed tears uh, <laughs> if he is not a Cub I mean, next season. 
this is where, I mean, we could save it for another day in the off season, but it just really, I, I mean, I'm not, I don't, I'm not an expert in MLB budgets and how much funds they have. I know Hamels gets off the books. Mm-hmm. Um, Brandon Morrow is off the books and Ben Zobris is off the books. I don't mm-hmm. know how much money that is altogether, but I don't think they, they have like one really big deal they could give out or a bunch of mid-tier type of deals. The only pushback I have with Castellanos, and it's not that I don't absolutely love him. He was great for the clubhouse, and he's been the best hitter since they've acquired him. And who like who knows where the Cubs would be without him. Mm-hmm. It's that if he's their big splash this offseason, because if they do resign him, I'm, I'm really not sure – what other meaningful players they could acquire. I just don't know if that's enough to get them over any type of like hump because quite frankly, that that would be not much differences unless they trade a bunch of guys. That's why I kind of lean on the, the side of if, if they can to sign Garrett Cole, because if you have a one, two, three punch of Garrett Cole, you Darvish, Kyle Hendricks, I mean, that's that's nasty. Yeah. No, 100%. So here, I can give you a little bit of a breakdown. So I pulled it up in front of me, and I can dissect this a little bit for everybody that's listening. So Brendan Morrow is $9 million falling off the books. Cole Hamels is $20 million falling off the books. Ben Zobrist is 12 and a half falling off the books. I would more or less say Zobrist's money really pays for Kimbrel. So that was is kind of a wash. Um, but then you got Pedro Which makes Strope. you want to cry. I know. Uh, but then you got Pedro Strope. That's six and a half. Steve Ciszek is six and a half. Oh, wow. Uh, Brandon Kinsler is five. Um, Derek Holland is six and a half. Um, okay. So they have a lot, even more money than I was expecting, but I mean, that's yeah. like half the bullpen. So they're going to have to, they're going to have to get a lot of bullpen help in the off season too. Yeah. But I, I think, you know, I think from a bullpen perspective, I think they're pretty confident in some of these kids that they have in AAA. I agree. Um, I think Colin Norwood, Dwayne Underwood, those yes. guys are gonna should be if they need to be valuable in the big leagues next year. And exactly. I think Alzale might actually be a bullpen guy. I, yes. I think they've kind of given up on him being a starter. Yes, I, I agree with literally everything you just said. I, I agree. I think Alzale comes up next year. You're still gonna have Kyle Ryan, you're still gonna have Roman Wick. I think Norwood plays a bigger part. I think Alec Mills has proved himself to where he could be kind of that long relief guy next year. Yes. Uh, Dylan Maples, I think they at least give a shot to. I like this Brad Wieck guy. I think he could be a cheap, you know, left-handed uh-huh. option. Underwood has been, I'm very impressed with Dwayne Underwood. I like him a lot. And, you know, there might be one or two. And then they might just kind of go, you know, bargain bin picking, really, in the offseason. Okay, so... They so, actually have way more money than I. I yes. didn't realize they had that much money off the books. That's very encouraging. Yes, it is encouraging. So you know, I think if they really wanted to, so Nicholas Castellanos was making nine point nine five, so just short of ten million dollars. You know, I think he doubles that realistically. Uh, I think yeah. it's going to be somewhere in that eighteen to twenty range. And you know, I think for the right term, I think I'd be okay with the Cubs giving him that money. To be completely, I frank. would twenty is a little bit like uh, that's a lot. Anywhere like you can get him 15, 16, 17 mil. I think you absolutely do it right away. Yeah, I but, think like once you're approaching twenty, then it starts to be like okay, well, what else can we do to bolster the roster? Because like 
they got to do more than just resign Castellanos because they that did, obviously wasn't enough. Oh, a hundred percent, and I, I completely agree with that. I think just so just to put it in a little bit of perspective as well. To me, if you're already willing to pay him, like let's just say seventeen, Jonathan Lucroy was three mil, three point three five million dollars this year. So, I mean, at that point, I'm I'm okay with them giving Castellanos twenty as long as the term is right because he's going into the prime of his career. He's he's yeah. twenty seven, at least I think he's twenty seven. Yes, he's twenty seven. He's gonna be twenty eight at the start of next season. I think he has like a February birthday. So, you know. And they say, this is just like a, a general statement that I've read before and whatnot, that a prime male athlete's age range is age 28 to 32. So if you can lock him up for those five years, even if it is at $20 million a year, I can live with that. Especially if it's maybe, you know, three years are guaranteed. Uh, the fourth year is maybe a player option. Or maybe it's a team option, and then the fifth year is a player option, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. I mean, if you structure it in that kind of way, and I think I feel like Boris is going to have to learn that he can't be going, you know, bonkers asking for what he wants with his clients, especially you know? with the last two or three years. Yeah, right. I, I agree with that. And what's interesting? So the uh, Baseball Reference shows every player's agent. And I, I, it's actually really interesting to see kind of how many different agents there are out there. But, for example, Chris Bryant and Addison Russell are both represented by Scott Boris himself, as is Albert Elmora. Nicholas Castellanos is represented by Boris Corporation. So I don't necessarily know if that means that Boris isn't directly involved in his contract talks. That's strange. So, yeah, that's a little interesting note I noted. I know everybody's like, oh, Boris, Boris, Boris. I'm like, yeah, but... To me, that me has to mean something. So uh, I'm I'm hopeful. I hope he. Uh, I'm also really hoping that he enjoyed playing in Chicago so much, especially because his yeah. skill set fits Wrigley so well. I mean, he hits so well at Wrigley. I'm hoping. I mean, and he's gonna get his money even from the Cubs. I just really hope he's more willing to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'll I'll take, you know, I'll take 18 to stay in Chicago versus 20 to go play for. You yeah, down Kansas City or something. You know what I mean? So yeah, um, I mean, I, I think it's we'll pretty see. clear that he was ecstatic. He was in an actual race, and I'm sure he's. What's sad is he's probably the most bummed guy in that locker room. I 100%. mean, I don't want to say, I don't want to say people aren't like they're not trying their hardest. I'm just saying like sometimes they just look lackadaisical and all. But yeah, I'm sure he's taking it just as hard as anybody, if not harder. Yeah. And it's like intriguing, like. I, I don't know if they have enough money to go to get Garrett Cole and Castellanos. I don't think Garrett Cole is going to get anything absurd, though, because I just don't think you, you, people are stupid enough to give like absurd contracts for a 30-year-old pitcher. Like yep. It just doesn't happen anymore. Agreed. So, and I, I think you're, you're on to something there. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know if they could afford both those guys, but it'd be interesting. I feel like Castellanos would be the guy to take a pay, a little bit of a pay cut, so they could get uh, try to acquire Garrett Cole as well because he said it himself many times. He's in it to win it as well. He's not in here just for a paycheck. Yeah. He hated his time in in Detroit. He's made um, that known. Yeah, and I don't blame him. I would not want to play in Detroit either. I mean, back in their heyday when they were good with, you know, Verlander and Mickey Cabrera and such, different animal. But nowadays, 
man, I don't want to be there either. Yeah, I'm I'm just I'm so I'm literally at the point where I've developed such a fondness for Nicholas Castellanos that I just really want him to be a Cub. Like, yeah, I mean, so he, he was great. Especially I mean, he's, for the clubhouse. Exactly. He's literally, and, and you know, and something I, I reflect back on every time we discuss Cubs and discuss like Theo Epstein and this, that, and the other. Uh, there was a book that David Kaplan helped write. I think he was one of two authors on it. Um, and it was called The Plan. And it was it was written right after the World Series win. And it was it literally chronicled Theo's tenure in Chicago and how they built the Cubs team that won the World Series. And super interesting read, by the way, if you have the time to go read it. Listeners, you included, Brian, I think you would love it um, because I think you and I kind of think baseball in that same way sometimes where it's like it's cool hearing the story and things like that. Absolutely. Is it called Cubs Way? Uh, so that's another book. There's, there's okay. I read that one as well. <laughs> I have like okay. seven Cubs books after that World Series, and I think I've read like four of them so far. But um, it, it talked about Theo building the franchise with high, the high character guys, but then he would call them pillar guys, and those are like the foundation guys of your are your franchise. And originally of that 2016 Cubs team, they tabbed. Anthony Rizzo, no surprise. Kyle Schwarber, really no surprise there either. And then Albert Elmore and Addison Russell as pillar guys. Good God. Which, at, going into at that time in 2016, looked Oh, absolutely. Okay. But, but it just now, hasn't worked out. Right. Wow. And you need new pillar guys. So what better guy than a 27-year-old Nicholas Castellanos, who literally is the definition of what Theo talks about they want in their, their clubhouse? And he loved playing in Chicago. I mean, he is, yeah. he is the perfect guy where you say, you know what, Nick, we're going to make you one of our pillar guys and we're going to build around you as yeah. if we build around Anthony Rizzo and Kyle Schwarber. You know, That's and, a good and, point. You know, and Baez might be considered a pillar guy now. Baez too. 100% is now. He just, he's, you can just basically, he's, he's taking Russell's spot. I mean, that's yeah. obvious. So, I mean, I think that's certainly something to, to keep an eye on. Um, and I just, I, um, that's literally, I, I will be less anxious about this off season once Castellanos hopefully resigns. And then at that point I will just go into full blown. Okay. So what the hell are they going to do mode? And just be the more thing intrigued is, to see. I what mean, they I do. agree with you, but I still think they have a crowded outfield because they have like Agreed. a bunch of corner outfields and they do not have a center fielder. Agreed. So it, it, it's like. I kind of want to say you have either Castellanos or Kyle Schwarber, and you don't retain both. But at the same time, I don't really want to trade Schwarber, so it's a really tough decision. Because I don't think it's a good idea for the Cubs to permanently move Jason Hayward to center field. Although, if they don't trade for a center fielder or sign another center fielder, I don't know what else they're going to do besides do that. I mean, I think Hap is a fourth center field guy. I don't think he should. He's, I mean, I'm not saying, I don't want to say he's good enough to be a starting center, but he's more like a platoon guy. Cause he can play the infield too. So I would say I, he's a good fourth outfielder. And I guess you go Schwarber left field, Castellanos right field, Jason Hayward center field. And I mean, that's a pretty bad defensive center or really bad defensive outfield because Hayward's not that great in center field. But I mean, I don't know. You just cut your losses at some point. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, I mean, they're 
there could be some crazy trades. I mean, those are that's certainly oh, something be. that's Absolutely. so hard to predict. I mean, free agent signings are a little easier to predict, admittedly, you know, where teams can say, okay, you know, who can a phys- physically afford so-and-so and so-and-so. But once you start throwing in those those wrinkles of trades, you know, anything can happen. And I wouldn't be terribly surprised. I mean, you know, it sounded like that they've gotten close to dealing Hayward in the past. Maybe if you find a taker for him and you get that true center fielder in return, but who knows? Um, I, yes, it's it's going to be I, a wild offseason for the Chicago I would Cubs. say I would agree 100% with that. I think it could be time the Cubs um, part ways with Hayward. I'm going to bring up a name that a lot of Cubs fans just baffled when I bring it up, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Wilson Contreras traded for mm-hmm. uh, a lot of um, farm help. Because they already have the best best backup catcher in the MLB, and they have a they're loaded. I mean, the Cubs farm system isn't that great, but they're loaded at the catcher position. Yes. So I just think if they're gonna trade somebody to get and revamp the farm, that's the one guy that you have the position depth to do it. I mean, Caratini is way too good to be only receiving at bats one of every three games. Like he's mm-hmm. just too good for that. Yeah. He's really, he's really coming to his own this year. He has like an eight fifteen OPS that. for a catcher. That is so good. And yeah. that's why I'm, I think, I mean, I don't want to say either trade Contreras or put him in right field, but I mean, I'm, I mean, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I don't I don't think they have the intention of making him an outfielder. I think that could happen. I mean, they've they've said that there's going to be big changes and and to me that means somebody that is a part of this current core is going to be gone. Yeah. And, and if they if they were to move Contreras to right field or left field, they trade slash don't sign Schwarber or Castellanos. Castellanos. I mean, Agreed. you don't bring both those back and make that move. There's no way. Right. And I Part of me almost thinks that they value Schwarber and Castellanos more than they do Contreras, only from the aspect that Contreras is going to be 27 with only, what, this is his third full season in the league? Yeah, and he's going to be 30 by the time he reaches when he's like he needs a, to be re-signed in 2022. So, I mean, you don't, if he's a catcher still at that point, you don't want to waste a lot of money on an aging catcher. Absolutely not. So, at, right. you're either going to, transition them to the outfield at some point or you do it right now yeah and i, I think that that 100 percent might happen and they just might to your point they might just deal him and caratini's your one they bring in you know some just veteran backup catcher on a cheap deal to be your two until either amaya uh is ready or you know maybe if they they find something better down the road but um I, I think it absolutely could happen. Uh, I think that's a very good point. I think he's a name that hasn't been thrown around as a trade bait piece, but I think logically because of what you said, because of that organizational depth is maybe the one that makes the most sense if you are truly going to deal from the core. Exactly. And everybody, Theo, keep, everybody's talking about how crazy this offseason is going to be. Well, the fact that his name's not come up once, that's exactly what the type of stuff that I expect could happen. It's going to be something like that. Nobody expected. And everybody's going to be like, holy shit. Yeah. The Cubs are very different. Yeah. No, agreed. I mean, you know, Theo has always seemed to be that kind of guy. I mean, 
it really started to look like, you know, they were never going to go after Castellanos. There was like, oh, there's interest, but they're probably not going to pull the trigger. And then they did, you know, so it was like, yeah, you know, maybe they do that with with Contreras, you know, because they've kept him on the lowdown of like, oh, yeah, you know, maybe make him feel more valuable to the team than they potentially think he is. Yeah. You know, so that gives him more perceived value from another team, and then maybe and, they pay up. Exactly, and he is uh, starting catcher for the or an all star starter for the past two years. He's the type of guy if you trade for purely prospects that takes the Cubs from one of the five worst farms to probably a top ten farm. I mean, you could get so many, like you could get four. Like four top prospects, maybe not four, but like three top prospects for him. He's that good. So I mean, it would be one. It's something to consider. Well, I, I think of a t- I think of a team that would kill for a guy that has versatility and can catch, and that's Tampa Bay, and they have a phenomenal farm system. So, um, to your point, that's a good point. I mean, because Tampa Bay has struggled, and again, this is also partially because of my familiarity with Tampa. But you know, that's a great team that you add. If they a get a guy like catcher, that, that puts them over the pump. Yeah. Um, yep. That automatically, I think, makes them right there with the Yankees. I think right now the Yankees are the only team better wow. than them in that East. I think that would put them right over the top because that's a good team. You know. Oh yeah. I mean, obvi- they, the fact that they might miss the playoffs is just kind of nuts. Yeah, it's They're just good because of how good the AL I think has been this year. It's just so top heavy. But yeah. Yeah, but you know, I mean, they've got you know Kevin Kiermaier is a great player. Uh, they have all these, you know, the low brother, you know, they're not actually, I don't think they're actually related, but the, I call them the low brothers, you know, have come up and been really good for them. Brendan Lowe. And then I believe it's Nathan Lowe. Um, you know, G-Man Choi has been really good for them. He actually just walked them off against the Yankees tonight, you know, but could have just called the trade right now. So we might bring this up in the off season if we called it. Oh my God. Yeah. If, if that ends up being the case, because, well, and because, I mean, I think the Tampa Rays to a lot of people have the best or the second best farm in the entire league. They are so, very, very well ran. That's yes. for sure. No, that, that team, it's almost a shame that that team is such a low budget team because if that team had even half the payroll capacity of like an LA, they would have won probably two or three yeah. world series. It's by the now. same thing as the Oakland athletics, the Rays and the athletics are the two. The bottom feeder markets in the MLB, yet they have so they're so great at sustained success. It just blows my mind. Yeah, and I mean, but I think that's and that's a huge part of why the Dodgers have been all of a sudden a contending team every year, year in and year out, is because Andrew Friedman went to the Dodgers and he yep. used to be the GM of the Rays, um, and he was a huge reason for their you know sustained success over those years. So I completely agree with you there. Yeah, if that ends up happening, we're definitely. We are taking full credit of it and documenting <laughs> that we called it on the evening of September 24th, uh, 2019. As the Cubs got blown out nine to two to just destroy <laughs> their playoff hopes. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a bananas uh, off season for sure. Um, but believe it or not, we do actually have to talk about tomorrow's game. Uh, and before we do, I do want to remind our listeners about our friends over at Second City Picks. Um, you know, they are your daily picking service where you go and you pick the game, whatever it is that you're picking for that day. And if you nail the questions correctly, you win a pretty sweet gift card. So here's how you go about it. You're going to go on to Twitter. Uh, if you don't have Twitter, bear with me. But you're going to go on to Twitter and find our friends at Second City Picks. That's spelling out the word second. It's not a two and N and a D. When you get there, you're going to find the tweet for the day. Usually there's multiple tweets. They're very good about pumping out uh, the game for the day uh, numerous times. 
and they'll tell you what the game is and what you're picking. And you're gonna say, "Oh, great! We're let's do it. Let's pick it." So, if you're on Twitter, you can just go to their website directly from the tweet. It'll be in, the link to their website will be in the tweet. If you don't have Twitter, you can go to www.secondcitypicks.com, spelled the same way as their Twitter handle, uh, and pick there. It'll be on the homepage. It'll have the game right there. It'll tell you what you're picking. You'll go ahead and click Make Picks. Once you do that, you're going to answer the questions. Um, some nights it's Cubs games. Sometimes it's White Sox games. Sometimes it's you know Midwest college football, Bears, you name it. Uh, and then once you do that, you fill out the questionnaire. You're going to give them a tiebreaker question because there's a chance that you and whomever uh, else is picking is going to pick that correctly. And then you're going to give them an email address in case you win, and that's it. You're going to hit submit. It takes about 25 to 30 seconds of your day. It's very straightforward, very easy, um, and you're you know you're going to go ahead and and potentially win a gift card. Uh, the gift cards are pretty awesome. They've had Lyft gift cards, Potbelly, Chipotle, uh, plenty of pizza places. I mean, they've had absolutely everything. Um, gift cards do typically range between ten and twenty five dollars. Um, and it's it's free for you to play. It just costs you about 30 seconds of your day. So go pick with our friends at Second City Picks. Again, on Twitter at Second City Picks and www.secondcitypicks.com on the interwebs. So thank you to our ONTAP Sportsnet sponsor, Second City Picks. All right, Mr. Mishler, the Cubs visit the Pittsburgh Pirates tomorrow, September 25th, 2019, at PNC Park in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. It is a 6.05 Central Standard Time first pitch, 7.05 Eastern Standard Time for those on the East Coast. And it is a 4.05 first pitch for our buddy Nick Hudson out on the West Coast. Um, John Lester will be going for the Cubs tomorrow. He is 13-10, and 10, which is still unbelievable, um, with a 4.51 ERA and 161 Ks. And then the Pirates are trotting out Dario Agrizal. I'm going to assume that's how you pronounce his name. The right-hander is 4-5 and five on the year with a 5.08 ERA and only 36 Ks. Uh, I'm going to presume he's only been up for parts of the season, obviously, so far. So, uh, Mr. Mishler, who do you think wins tomorrow's game? I don't think it really matters, but we're interested to hear anyway. And then who do you have as your fly the W player of the game? Uh, I mean, I have no clue, but they've lost seven games in a row, so why stop now? I'm picking the Pirates. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> and my fly the, w, fly the W player of the game is going to be Nico Horner. Because he seems to be one of the few guys that, I mean, he's still playing for a lot. So, I mean, I'm not going to say this Cubs team's just rolling over, but I mean, it, it kind of feels like that. So, and I, I think Horner's playing for right now how he finishes the year. He's playing to start second base next year and lead off opening day. I think that could very well happen. Yep, agreed. Um, I think I, I've had the discussion with, you know, we've all had that discussion before. My dad and I have discussed that too. I think, yeah, I think I agree. I think he is battling uh, to show the team he can be their everyday second baseman and, and lead off next year. He's made a damn good case for himself since he's been up. So uh, I'm intrigued to see what happens next year. Yeah, I sadly think that most of this Cubs roster just doesn't care anymore, and there's a decent chance the Pirates are going to win tomorrow. Um, I, I, I I'm hopeful that it's at least a closer game than it was today at nine to two. Um, but we shall see. And then that said, I think the one one of the guys that won't quit outside of Nico Horner is that of Nicholas Castellanos. I think he's he's just that kind of player. I think he's got a shot to be the fly W player of the game. Uh, but I do really like your pick of Horner, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, double stamp Horner. Uh, but I'll say an honorable mention uh, being Nicholas Castellanos. So 
Not too shabby, sir. Alrighty, man. Well, do you have any uh, final thoughts before we get out of here for the day? I do not, but I, I, I don't know about you. I'm just kind of wanting this season to end so we can get to the off season because I'm really excited about what's what's going to happen. Yeah, um, I agree. I'm I'm actually this is the first off season where I'm like, okay, this is this is the first off season since that 2014 off season where I think Cubs fans are saying, okay, what they do in this off season is going to dictate what they do in the future. Um, yeah, and, and what they do, they got John Lester, so maybe yeah. they get Garrett Cole. Maybe I'm, cro- I'm crossing my fingers. I'm I'm crossing my fingers that they work magic and somehow keep Castellanos and get Garrett Cole. That would be nuts. Um, and I'm pretty sure our buddy Buzz would cry because he was <laughs> tweeting back and forth with us today saying that the Sox are going to get Cole. I mean, in all fairness, who's more likely to sign Garrett Cole, the Cubs or the Sox? It's the Cubs by like five times. Yeah, no, mainly because Reinsdorf just refuses to spend money. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, for those that might not know who Buzz is, Buzz is one of the the OGs of of on tap sports. Um, he was tweeting the Cubs on Tap account, which I think might have been you tweeting from that earlier. That right? was me, yeah. And then I was tweeting from my own personal account, and uh, he was like, he was like, "No, you can't have him." To, and this is speaking about Garrett Cole. And I was like, "Oh, so yeah, Reinsdorf's going to spend money, right?" And he's like, "Yeah, he's totally going to spend money, and then he's going to." You know, build in a bunch of incentives so that he actually has to earn it. Dot dot yeah, dot. Why, and I was like, why would he accept this? I was like, I was like, this feels like deja vu because isn't that exactly what happened with Manny Machado? <laughs> <laughs> and um, so yeah, I don't think Buzz was too happy, but I think Buzz purposely was going down that route because he knew. Uh, He's a very Sox fans are very well of, of Reinsdorf. Not, I mean, they're not happy with him. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Nope, agreed. Agreed 100%. So um, I think it's pretty much time to uh, get on out of here. So, uh, Brian, thank you so much uh, for you jumping on and um, and what is probably for sure going to be one of the last six episodes of the Cubs on tap season one. Um, but with that said, I do want to remind you, ladies and gentlemen, that Cubs on Tap is brought to you by the On Tap Sports Net. We are the best home for all of your podcasting and literature needs, wants, and desires about your favorite Chicago sports teams. Uh, we obviously have great Cubs coverage. We've had it all season long, as you're listening to some of that right now. We also have great Bears coverage currently in swing with our guys at Bears on Tap. Uh, the Blackhawks and Bulls seasons are about to get going here as when, uh, the fall has quickly uh, come and and we're going to do a great job bringing you that. Um, I myself am a part of the Blackhawks clan. We actually just put on a new podcast yesterday from Four Feathers um, and and Buzz and uh, Bullscript that'll be doing a lot of good stuff over there. College football is also in full swing. We got Big Ten on tap, which is uh, our buddies John Suarez and Johnny Nani covering that. Uh, and then Irish on tap for all those Notre Dame fans here in the Chicagoland area. Brian, you're really helping spearhead that operation. So I uh, want to make sure people give you some love there. And then, yes, yes ladies, sir. ladies and gentlemen, we all, as Cubs fans, have a friend that roots for the White Sox, but that's okay. Uh, I argue we have some of the best White Sox coverage in the entire Chicagoland area. So do bring your White Sox friends over to us at OnTap Sports as well. I uh, want to make sure you guys know where to find us. You can find us on the interwebs at www.ontapsportsnet.com. You can also find us on social media, that is Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at ONTAP Sportsnet. The ONTAP Sports Network, go ahead and see what's on tap in Chicago sports. 
Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us on this. Uh, admittedly, not talking much about a ga- the game and more a little bit kind of dipping into the offseason talk with Brian and I tonight here on Cubs on Tap. We're so thankful for you as listeners. And uh, Brian, uh, I think we all know the magic words. Let's go, Cubbies. Go, Cubs, go, always. Go, Cubs, go, always.